WWE after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. WXUT's After Further Review. Got that exchange from Bryson Tiller for you, that little instrumental for you. Once again, David the Man and Guy Harris is on the phone lines. Do a real quick segment on the NBA preview of both conferences or the big questions. And what are your big questions for the NBA, David? What are some things that you see? All right, we're going to start off in the East. And my biggest question is, which of these new I don't even want to say projects, but these kind of new initiatives, these new efforts are going to actually work out in the long term. And not just, yeah, thinking about not just this season, but particularly the next season, knowing that this season's just crazy. It's shortened to a 72-game season, kind of starting right around Christmas. And two teams in particular. I'm thinking about Brooklyn with a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy Kyrie Irving thinking about Steve Nash just as a head coach. Like, what? what is that going to look like? Are they going to be able to... Well, first, can Durant and Kyrie stay healthy? Because if they can, I think they're, they finish no worse than third in the East. I think that, like, Steve Nash obviously knows basketball... He's pretty much been handed the keys now. The question is, can Steve Nash just not crash? Because Brooklyn has a legitimate championship aspiration for the first time since Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson and Kerry Kills are out there. I mean, uh, another project that's train wreck in Philadelphia. I mean, you're bringing in Doc Rivers. Or, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, you're bringing in a Doc Rivers that is supposed to kind of be this guru, has familiarity in the East. But, again, it's you have a Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. How are they going to work out on the court together? You, you, you're supporting cast, the team around them. Eh, at best, like, can, can they be a top-four team? I don't know. And then for me, kind of the other project is Milwaukee. Like, they're pricing pressure, kind of. Everyone was, before he signed the contract, which, again, doesn't really matter because he could still leave. But Giannis signing the Supermax, staying in Milwaukee, all right, that's great. I saw the same question that I proposed at the start of the playoff bubble. Is Chris Middleton your number two? Well, no. Like, I mean, he, he can like, play, but he's more of a three. But you got Drew Holiday that can 
probably be your number two. Yeah, so it comes back to kind of if yeah, like I'm still kind of a lot of questions about the construction of this team. Like we know Giannis is going to be Giannis, but in that playoff time, you got rid got rid of a little bit of some of your depth. Kind of you're getting quality in sake of quantity, but like. Uh, like, I'll be curious to see, particularly in this first half of the season, and really even um, December, January, maybe by February, we'll see what this team is going to look like and how they're going to play and operate together. Well, it's just going to be a long, interesting first two months in, for Milwaukee. I just, I just don't know if they can make it to the finals, particularly if. One, the Nets can stay healthy if the Heat can continue to rebuild because that's another year of experience underneath their belt. Yeah, it's just a lot of questions mm. in the Eastern Conference for me. Um, in the West, which of these quote-unquote up-and-coming young teams is going to make that leap? Last year, it was Denver. And everyone's like, okay, Denver, this is their year of getting better, getting a little bit of experience underneath the belt, not really, quote-unquote, being here before. That's kind of like the number one question. They haven't been here, so they don't know how to kind of, kind of get over that hump. Now a lot of people are expecting them to get over the hump this year. Right. If you look at Phoenix, they, brought, they bring in Chris Paul, veteran leader, to really – move that young core of Booker and Aiden kind of to get them elevated over the top. Uh, so yeah, that, that, of, will be a, that will be an interesting one to see is what, what um, Phoenix will do. They, uh, I believe the Lakers played them. They were really competitive, but it's preseason. I don't take as much stock in the preseason. I will say, though, um, I've seen some good things from the Bulls that Patrick Williams, some people really – didn't like that pick. He's actually going to be a pretty good ball player. But like I said, it could be preseason. I mean, Anthony Bennett played well in the preseason and it didn't do anything. So, um, but you can see some major changes, especially with the Bulls and Billy Donovan. So that 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 should really uh, help out. Um, as you mentioned before, some question marks with the Nets. How long will that saga last uh, with him and KD before you know? I think they could be a winning combination, possibly. But then again, you never know when Kyrie goes off the rails. I think it was good for the league that Giannis re-signed with the Bucks. I think fans get tired of players just leaving, and they talk about loyalty and all that stuff. And, and, and I think it gives more balance to the league. You know, people get tired of just having teams being top-heavy, even though people watch more of the top-heavy teams. But I, I, that's just some things to me that I thought were, were – were, pretty uh, interesting. We'll see what the Lakers do. I think the Lakers are a little bit better than they were last year with some of the role players that they that they actually uh, picked up. So I think that's that's one good thing. Yeah, and then kind of staying out west is what the belief is going to happen in Houston because if this if this soccer lasts into February March, like I I don't know if it's going to be you know. Ending with a holdout. I don't know if it's going to be what, something what, where it's just with a hold, What do you mean? What do you mean? If, if James, 
if the team is going to hold James Harden hostage and kind of hold on to him instead of trading him in the middle of the season. Well, I, I think it's 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 a wait and see type of deal. I mean, the reason why he wants to, James Harden is not an not an idiot, but then again, I, I'm not surprised with, with the stuff that he's doing because if you've ever seen the E60, um, when he first got to Houston and um, <laughs> um, how his mom, I, I believe his mom is his agent, by the way, as well. The, 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 you know, I don't know if you've read the Dave McMenamin article about basically Houston catered to him and that's what he's used to yeah. now Daryl Morey's gone and he knows in the back of his head that stuff's going to change you know they're not going to cater to James anymore you're not going to make any personnel moves that was all with Daryl Morey you and him was cool so now he wants to jump ship and bail well Houston being a smart organization you know they're not going to give up a general, general generational talent like Harden for nothing and that's what I think a lot of teams think is going to happen. So they're going to sit and wait. Um, if they don't get nothing, he stays. If they do get something that they think is good for for return for him, they're going to trade him. They got a pretty decent team. Um, but James Harden is going to have to learn, too. And it's kind of interesting. He wants to go to, like, New Jersey or he wants to go to Philadelphia. But, yeah, if you read the Dave McNinneman piece on ESPN, you know, one of the pet peeves Chris Paul had was that if James Harden wasn't involved in the offense – then he kind of didn't want to come down past half court or he would just be aloof and not play his role as being a decoy. And that's something that he needs to learn. I think James Harden, to be honest with you, if he really wanted his career to skyrocket, I think personally um, he playing off the ball like a Steph Curry would just he, – he could just get you know, astonishing numbers doing that and mixing it up. You don't have to always be ball dominant all the time, but I doubt that'll ever happen. But he knows that that Houston's changing for the better, and he doesn't want to stick around. You know, coming late for stuff, and you know, on road trips. You know, I'm gonna go over here, or they're gonna wait for me on film session. It's gonna be something new coming in. And he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to really deal with that. But I've I've watched things about James Harden and and I'm I'm not surprised by that. He he James Harden you know had humble beginnings. And I think he does have some insecurities and um I just think that uh th- those are the things that he he's kind of just an aloof. He's a different person. He's a really different person and and he, and he is hard to get along with. Very talented individual but hard to get along with. Yeah, and I can just kind of see particular thinking about um, the relationship that he is hopefully going to have with John Wall. It's kind of it's that point guard. Is it still going to be a similar? Is he going to have some of those similar um, kind of feelings of disgruntledness and kind of checking out with John Wall in the court? Because I know you know veteran Chris Paul. Well, I, I don't know about that. Chris Paul, like I said, has a, a personality that he kind of rubs. You remember in L.A., he kind of got ran himself out of town. Um, like I said, reading from the article, he just lacks a lot of discipline. I, I think when I watched that E60, it was from years ago, talking about the first time he ended up going to, uh, to Houston and getting traded. I just think some of these superstars have just been babied. Um, whether it's their home life of being babied by their parents or 
coddled because they, you know, were were tremendous basketball players as teens. Now, for James Harden, that really wasn't the case for him. You know, he was. You remember, he was overweight in high school and really had to get in shape and really work on his game. So he's a really hard worker. But I think at home, sometimes he's, you know. Sometimes as a man, you got to cut the strings from mama, you know, sometimes and just go out there and live your life. And I think that's kind of part of his problem. He kind of gets a little babied. And when he doesn't get his way, then he wants to have temper tantrums about it. And I think some of it you got to blame on Houston. You know, they gave into it. They allowed that type of culture. You know, another organization like Miami, like he wanted to go to Miami. It was like, no, because Pat Riley's not going to put up with that stuff. You come in, you're going to do what we ask you to do. You know, you're going to come in in shape. You're going to have to do some of this stuff. I mean, I've listened to podcasts with Quentin Richardson on his um, Knucklehead podcast. You know, the, the Miami, in practice, you have to wear knee pads because it gets down and dirty like that. you got to dive on the floor and everything like that, and they don't want their players' knees getting messed up. And in certain ways, they teach the players how to do screens, and sometimes you hit knees. So they, they make the players wear knee pads, and they make them wear ankle braces. Well, if you got James Harden that's aloof and just like, well, I'm gonna do what I want to do, that's just not gonna that's not gonna work in that culture. So, um, I think the best bet for ha- James Harden is probably to stay in Houston and try to work it out. Which I think some people don't need to learn in life. Sometimes, when you get in an uncomfortable situation and things are out of your control, try to control the controllables and make this work out. Because Demarcus Cousins and John Wall look pretty decent in preseason, considering that. John Wall hasn't played a basketball, NBA basketball game in two years, and DeMarcus Cousin was pretty much out all last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, what, it's one of those things where, kind of, like you said, it's a changing and shifting of culture. And in that culture shift, who is going to be able to be there to help facilitate the culture? kind of being implemented, disseminated to kind of everyone else. Because if they're looking at you to be a leader and they're seeing you kind of, you know, lollygag, not really being fully committed, knowing that you kind of have a run of the place, knowing that management ownership is catering to you, like Dave McMinimum said, that's going to rub... Especially, and I keep coming back to Chris Paul, that's going to run some old heads the wrong way. It's like, man, come on. Like, this is not how we do things. Like, this is, you know, if you got to be a leader, this is, you know, a certain kind of way modeling yourself, certain kind of way to carry yourself. This is how. It, yeah, it's just a lot of. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting what's happening in in Houston, and hopefully the drama doesn't last the entire season, but it probably is. Well, probably, and it's great for the NBA. They know that their they're, they're, they're story. What else you got? Uh, and then overall for the league, I know implemented this year because it's a shortened season. I'm curious kind of this play-in tournament, like for the end of the season, kind of. Well, it's kind of in the middle of the season. Well, well no, yeah. you're talking about the where the like kind of like last year with the bubble where they had like Phoenix and them try to play in. 10. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious kind of how that will look because if because we know kind of with any league, kind of if something works once or twice, they're like, all right, let's do it. 
Yeah, set a precedent. So, That's with any company. So yeah. So yeah, I'll be curious to see kind of what the play, and then particularly if there are some of these teams that kind of in every year, and I think it's a lot more noticeable in the West, just because two through twelve every year like separate by like half a game and like three points in terms of point differential, and it's like. So, but yeah, I think kind of this play-in tournament it could have some could have some legs. Do I think this would be something that you know, if I was the college football playoff, maybe including that in the you know their kind of college football playoff model might make a little bit too much sense, so they won't do it. But yeah, this kind of this play-in tournament and just the shortening of the season. It will be interesting to see what kind of new things they look. They look at in terms of protocols, in terms of ways that they can tinker to make basketball and continue to have basketball be relevant and kind of something that people want to see consistently and kind of be one of those fan favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be an interesting year. Like I said, 72 games. Hopefully, uh, I've heard they've got a strict. COVID protocol, um, you'll see a lot of back-to-back scheduling, like kind of like how the preseason is doing it. So, you know, you, you you go to New York like the Cleveland is, and then you play two games. Or like Chicago had Houston in their building for two nights. So that 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 that'll be interesting. Instead of the 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 you use the NBA schedule where you're in, jumping from city to city, it's kind of like you stay in a city for a couple days play that team twice and then you're out and then you go into another city where you're playing them twice so i mean it, it just kind of alleviates to, to the travel one and two you, you do the rapid covid testing yeah and, and i think kind of particularly it, and it makes sense kind of knowing that we're still in a pandemic knowing that you have all this rapid testing knowing that particularly some of these cities where you have multiple teams within a close geographic proximity our team mm-hmm. in states where there are cases it's like if you can kind of knock things out boom spend like say if you're in the west if you're like uh, a minnesota and you have a texas home swing you can knock out san antonio you can knock out dallas you can knock out houston and then boom we're back to minnesota maybe not even you know go back so but yeah it's in a pandemic everything has to be adjusted and these players, kind of, they're professionals. This is their job. So, of course, there's going to be more impetus and onus to kind of take those precautions and be safe. But, yeah, yeah it'll be a, it'll be an interesting NBA season, and we can't wait December 22nd. But I think really, you know, th- those games will start on December 22nd on Tuesday, and then a few games on Wednesday. But I think next Friday is when people will say the NBA is officially here with Christmas. Just like that lockout after that lockout season about 10 years ago when the season started on December 25th. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, and again, it sucks that they have to, you know, share the stage, but I think a lot of people are excited about uh, the NBA season being back, even though it wasn't that long ago that they left. Well, and that, that yeah. bubble season, uh, you know, and that was just the Lakers and the Heat that it left off. I mean, think about it. Some teams like the Bulls, the Hawks, the Timberwolves, they didn't play since March. Yeah, and, and a lot of storylines and a lot of um, 
uh, yeah, just a lot of teams that are, it's going to be that rest versus rust for sure this mm-hmm. first month of the season because that's a long time. Even playing basketball recreationally, it's not the same as games. Even in the preseason, it's not the same as the regular season. Like you can kind of get your legs underneath you, but yeah, when the bullets are flying, you got to, yeah, this first, First week or two is going to be cool, but I'm just, we're all looking forward to just good basketball around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, David, what you got going on for the weekend, man? Uh, championship weekend, NFL, a little bit of basketball, but yeah, sports, sports all around. It is definitely a wonderful time of the year. Um, yeah, just sports around. Also, let's. Let's go Northwestern. Just going to root on Northwestern for dear Why life. do you want Northwestern? That sounds like you're hating there. Because they don't deserve to be here. They they don't. We all know five five games. It's ten to six at the half. Yeah. Uh, I'm mean, looking. Another thing we could talk about later on in other shows is uh, the G League with everyone. By the way, update 17-7, to 7, Oklahoma's over Iowa State. One thing I do know before we get out of here, can Matt Campbell win the big game? That was one thing that a lot of people in Toledo talked about was that he couldn't really win the big games. Uh, so that's something to watch out for as they're in the Big 12 championship game. And you want Northwestern to beat Ohio State because you're an Ohio State hater, even though you lived in Columbus, but you do love Penn State. Yeah, and... Kind of Matt Campbell just lost it a couple of minutes ago, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's championship weekend, and I just I just want the teams that you know did what they needed to do without the help of you know changing the rules and modifying it. You know. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just want the, the best teams to keep on playing. Well, well Ohio Good State. Good job, effort. Well, Ohio State is one of the top teams, but man, David, thanks for calling in. Great show as usual. Uh, have a good weekend and enjoy. All right, you too. Yep, that was David, the man of guy Harris here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, got the show in without Frank. We might possibly be back next week. It's the day after Christmas, and then after that is the day after New Year's. We'll see. I got access to the building again, so I might, might sneak in and give you a show, or it might just be a replay here on the radio airwaves, and we'll take a couple of weeks off and uh, uh, re, re, uh, um, re-energize, so to speak. And plus, some people might be uh, busy as well, uh, make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, WXUT's After Further Review for all the podcast segments if you miss them. Or go to our WXUT's After Further Review Facebook page for the live videos if you miss the show. We might share those with you as well. Remember, you got the picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head. Once again, for Frank and David, I'm Derek Lawson. Uh, we're always on 1130 to 130 here on the airwaves. And like I said, we're always on our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. You guys have a happy holidays. We'll see you when we see you. Peace. We're out after further review.